Welcome back to KMTT. And this is Ezra Beck, and today is Tuesday, Yud Aleph, Iyar. Today's Shiur is by Arav Moshe Tarragon, and it's the second Shiur in the series on essentials in Abu Dhat Hashem. Second part of the Shiur you began last week on Torah. I'll be back after the shir with today's Halakha Yomit. In our previous shir, we discussed the role of Talmud Torah in affording as close an approximation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will to the human intellect. Therefore, Talmud Torah study has always classically been centralized as the primary hub of religious experience. The previous year noted the difficulty which is latent within the religious experience, religious experience which challenges and aspires toward an encounter between the mortal mind and the infinite wisdom of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, between human and divine, an encounter which is flawed at its very root. Lahavdil, the pagan response, or a paganistic response, of attempting to humanize the divine essence, to render it more accessible and identifiable to the human imagination. Yiddishkeit has steadfastly rejected any and every attempt to humanize the divine image throughout history. Instead, it relies on Talmud Torah to yield an insight to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will and his mind, his intellect, and through that insight to afford a relationship, a relationship which serves as the cornerstone of Avodah Hashem and religious experience, as the Rambam writes in Hilchas Tshuva, Perak Yud, Halacha Vav. In order to love Hashem, to think of Him constantly, you can only love Hashem to the degree that you know Him. And as the Rambam highlights, Al Pi Hadea Ava. The degree of love will be based upon the degree of knowledge. Im Ma'at, Ma'at. If the knowledge is limited, then the love is curtailed. Im Harbe, but if the knowledge is thorough and significant, harbe, and the love itself will reflect that sweep. In the previous year, we detected two locations in Chazal where the centrality of Talmud Torah in yielding an understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's essence, where this centrality is noted. The first instance is in the Sifri, Teparshas Veschanan, the Sifri describes the inclusion of Talmud Torah within the first parasha of Kriya Shema, which typically discusses theology. The Sifri writes, Shemitoch kach, through study of Torah, v'shinatam levanacha v'dibarta bam, shemitoch kach atamakiris ha-kadosh baruchu. Through Torah study, you will understand Hashem. The Rambam, based on the Sifri, details three elements of the first parasha of Kriya Shema. Kriya Shema, the first parsha, contains Yichud Hashem, theology, accepting Hashem's unity, exclusivity, Ahavasa, loving Hashem, Vitalmudo, and studying His Torah, Shehu Ha'ikar Hagadol, Shakal Talibo, the central pivot of religion. The second instance in Chazal where Torah study is highlighted in its capacity to yield the knowledge of Hashem's Ratzon is in Avos Drebinasan, the fourth parak, the first Mishnah, a gloss to the famous mission, Perkeyavos al Shloshet Devarim Holam Omeid al Torah al Avoda v'al Kamilos Chasadim. 
explaining this very famous phraseology of Shimon HaTzadik, Avaz Drivnasen claims, Talmud Torah Chaviva Lefnei HaMakom is more precious to HaKadosh Baruch Hu than any pre- religious pursuit, and certainly in this case, more precious than sacrifice, than Olas. Lefisha'im Adam Lomei Torah, by studying Torah, Yodea Dait El Shomakom, you can grasp the knowledge, the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the previous year, we also discussed a nickname for Torah based on this reality. The Torah is referred to twice in the Torah. Torah study is referred to as Shem Hashem. One pasuk is in Hazino Ki Shem Hashem Ekra Havugodel Elokeinu, which Chazal in Brachos interpret as a reference to Torah study. And by interpreting as a reference to Torah study, they derive the mitzvah of Birchas Torah of reciting a bracha before Torah study based on the Pasuk, Kishem Hashem Ekra, the name of Hashem is Talmud Torah. The second Pasuk is in the end of Yisrael, Bechol HaMakom Asher Azkir Eshemi Avoilechol Verechticha, and the Mishnah in Perkayavos, Perk Gimel Mishnah Vav, employs this Pasuk in Yisrael, which includes the phrase, Asher Azkir Eshemi, the name of Hashem, to describe the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu during even individual solitary Torah study. Chazal saw the phrase Shem Hashem as a reference to Torah, just as Lahavdol, a person's name, is not his essence, but it's the way that we access, refer to that person, call out his name, know them, think of them, or imagine them. Similarly, Torah is the way we, so to speak, name HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's our access point, it's the root, the porthole, through which we're able to access knowledge and ultimately a relationship, not just based on knowledge, but fear and of love. Based on the description of Torah as the closest approximation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's essence in human terms, there are two statements in Chazal which articulate Torah's ability to facilitate encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. More precisely, three. Two are direct statements and one is a parable or a metaphor. The Gemara in Tamid, Daf Lamed Be'ezim and Aleph, States as follows: Tani Rebbe Chia, Kol Haosek Batara Balayla, Shchina Kinegdo. Specifically targeting Torah study at night. Kol Haosek Batara Balayla, Shchina Kinegdo. Whoever studies Torah during the evening, the Shchina appears, or the Shchina is uh, is present, is imminent highlighting again, reinforcing Torah study's ability to draw the Shechina into the presence of the person studying Torah. Of course, the emphasis on Torah study at night, based on the Pasuk, Kumi Roni Balayla, Lerosh Hashmuras, which concludes with the phrase, Shifchi Chamayim Libeich Nochach Pene Hashem, that by studying Torah during the Ashmaras Halayla, person attains the status of Nochach Pene Hashem, in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch the selection of Torah study at night seems to be based on two factors. At a practical level, night affords greater ability, greater capacity to engage in Torah study. The details, the responsibilities, the preoccupations of the day, of finance, of politics, of day-to-day intercourse, those responsibilities dissolve at night freeing time for Torah study. 
But beyond the practical allowance of Torah study, which night affords, the Pasuk itself, the Gemara based on the Pasuk, and to a degree the Rambam's comments suggest that there is a unique, almost mystical capacity, mystical potency, to Torah study at night. The Rambam in Hilchas Talmud towards the end of the third parak. In the third parak of Hilchas Talmud Torah, the Rambam employs the phrase Keser Torah, the crown, the nobility, the dignity of Torah, not just the study of Torah, but the transformation of self, which the Torah's study enables, he employs that term three times. In the very beginning of the third parak, he describes the three crowns of Jewish nobility, Keser Torah, the crown of Torah, Keser Kehuna, the crown of priesthood, Keser Malchus, the nobility of a Melech, three different forms of Jewish royalty. And of course, the Rambam, based on the Gemara and Yoma, describes Keser Torah as both the most democratic form of nobility as well as the most superior. It is democratic in the sense that it is available to each and every Jew, regardless of race, or not regardless of race, regardless of which Shevet he belongs to. Konim can only stem from Shevet Levi, a Melech can only stem from Shevet Yehuda. But Talmud Torah, as the Rambam writes, Kol Misha Yirza Yavo it's democratic, it's equally available, it's equally accessible. The second time the Rambam describes Keser Torah, not just Torah study, but the crown of Torah study, is in the same parak. Halacha vav, a person whose heart stirs him to fulfill the mitzvahs of Torah study appropriately. Vilihios muhtar bekeser Torah, to become benighted in the crown and jewel of Torah. So the Ramam describes he has to have an almost uni focused commitment to Torah study. He cannot divert his attention to other pursuits, he cannot aspire to both acquire Torah as well as affluence, as well as fame. Very famous Mishnah, Perkeyavos, Kachi Darka Shaltara, Pasva Melech Tochal, Maimba Basura to a degree a person has to allow or invite some level of personal deprivation. The third location in, the, in this famous third parak in which the Rambam employs Keser Torah is based loosely on this Gemara in Tamid as well as a parallel Gemara in Avodah The Rambam writes, in Tarek Vav, Halacha Yud Gimel, Afal Pisha Mitzvah Lilmod Bayom Uvalayla, even though a person is commanded to learn both during the day as well as during the evening, based initially on the phraseology in Barshas Veschanan, Bishach Becha Uvkumecha, more extensively based on the Pasuk in the first parak of Yahshua, Layamosh Sefer Torah Zemipicha Vegisa Bayamon Valayla. So a person has equal responsibility to, t- to study Torah during daylight hours as well as during evening hours. But the Rambam writes, Ein Adam Lamed Rav Chachmaso Ela Balayla. person will only achieve <coughs> the majority of his Torah acquisition, of his Torah delivery during Torah study at night. Lefikach, the Rambam continues, Misha Ratzah Lizkos Becheser Torah person who desires to achieve, again, the crown, the nobility, the personal transformation, the ennobling effect of Torah, he should be extra scrupulous during his evenings, he should not waste his time, his evenings, with eating and drinking, 
and nonsense and mindless activity. Ela betal mitarav edivrei chachma, amru chachamim ein rina shaltara ela balayla. The poetry, the beauty, the charm, the personal transformation upon the Torah studier occurs primarily through the experience of studying Torah during the evening. This Rambam seems to portray Torah study during the evening and the supremacy, the superiority of Torah study during the evening in more than just practical terms. One may have claimed that the Gemara and Tamrid refers to the superiority of Torah study at night because practically the night affords greater capability and greater time resources. But the Rambam's poetic ode to Torah study at night seems to elicit a mystical poetic quality to night study which the day study may not possess. A very similar sentiment about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence being elicited by Torah study is provided by Medrash Tanchuma in Parshas Vayakel, Simon Zion. This Medrash is stated in much more um, clinical terms, but it evokes the same image. V'chol makom shahatar hashchinasham ima. Wherever the Torah is, the Shechina could be found. Shenemar, az nidbru yirei Hashem, a pasuk in Malachi, ishal reyehu, Vayakshev Hashem Vayishma. The Fikach Chaviv Haaron Mikol Kleyamishkan. Therefore, the Aaron, which hails the Torah, is more relished, is more precious than any other of the utensils of the Mishkan, and that's why its construction is constantly stated at the beginning of the list of Mishkan utensils and Mishkan vessels. There may be a slight nuanced difference between the Medrash in Tanchuma, Medrash Tanchuma, Parshas Vayakel, and the aforementioned Gemara in Tamid. The Gemara in Tamid relates to Torah study, Kal Ha'osek Batara Balayla, whoever actively studies Torah, whereas the Rambam writes, Limur Hatara, Ein Adam Lamed Rov Chachmasa, Ela Balayla. The Medrash in Tanchuma is not necessarily describing Torah study, as, as much as the presence of Torah. It describes the Aaron. Presumably the Aaron and the Sefer Torah which the Aaron housed served more as a symbol for Torah study and less as a catalyzer or an enabler for Torah, a catalyst or an enabler for Torah study because no one presumably was able to employ the Sefer Torah and the Aaron for personal Torah study. The language of the Medrash Tanchuma V'chol makom shehatorah sham sham ima perhaps generalizes the association between Torah and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence beyond the limited experience of active Torah study, extending more to the presence of Torah and Sefer Torah within our midst. The third reference in Chazal, which associates Torah study with the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is found in a fascinating medrash in the beginning of Parshas Truma. Parshas Truma describes the initial stages, the blueprints, the planning towards constructing the Mishkan. Typically, we view the Mishkan and the Mikdash experience as almost a separate track, a separate element of religious experience, separate from Talmud Torah. The events surrounding the delivery of Torah, the events of Harsina, have concluded. 
And the Rabbanu Shalom now commands the construction of the Beis HaMikdash, primarily, as it were, to facilitate korbanos, atonement, sacrifices, ritual, ceremony, perhaps a slightly different track toward approaching the Rabbanu Shalom. Yet the Medrash and Medrash Rabbah, Perak Lamed Gimel, and Parshas Truma provides a very, very different snapshot of the function of Mishkan and its affiliation with the events at Harsinai and the delivery of Torah. Parshas Truma begins with a very, very strange verb describing the donation of material and goods towards the construction of the Mishkan. The Yikhu Li Truma. Typically, presumably, the Parsha should have begin have begun with the phrase "viyitnu li truma." They should donate or dedicate various goods and materials as contributions towards construction of the Mishkan. And yet, the Torah writes the li truma. Chazal in this medrash sees the phrase the yichuli. They seize it as a image of the ability to acquire Hashem through Torah study. Hashem is telling us that by purchasing or by constructing the Mishkan, contributing towards its construction, we are purchasing a Baruch Hu. We are acquiring Him, as it were. We are possessing Him. How are we possessing Him? Why are we possessing Him? Why is the Mishkan an acquisition of a Baruch Hu? So the Menrish describes a parable. King has a lone daughter who ultimately marries a prince. At the event of their marriage, the king begs his new son-in-law as follows. I cannot withhold my daughter from you, for you have married her. She is now your wife, and she has to live with you. However, I cannot separate from her, because she's my only daughter. Instead, please perform the following favor. Build a little house or a little antechamber, a little room, and everywhere you travel, please allow me to reside in that room so that I could be near, approximate to my only daughter, my beloved daughter. Similar to this king, HaKadosh Baruch Hu pleaded, as it were, with Amisra. I delivered my daughter to you. I delivered the Torah. And here a very different parable or a very different metaphor to Tara is being suggested. Tara is not the name of Hashem, it's Hashem's daughter. I delivered my only daughter. I cannot disassociate myself from this daughter. I cannot tell you, on the other hand, not to take this daughter into your midst and study her and acquire her, possess her. So please perform the following favor. Wherever you travel, build a house that I can reside so that I could be near my daughter, near my Tara. Please build the Mishkan, which is Hashem's house, to accompany the Torah which He delivered. In a very, very stunning reversal, this Medrash casts the construction of the Mishkan as a consequence of Har Sinai, as a consequence to our acquiring HaKadosh Baruch Hu's daughter, and as a plea from the Rabboni Shalom, so that he can reside not just near the Jewish people, but near the Jewish people who have now acquired and are performing his Torah. The Asu Lim Mikdash, according to this Medrash, is not just 
suggesting the Beis HaMikdash or the Mishkan as a shelter for Hashem's presence. It's not merely casting the Mishkan as a framework for Hashem's Shechina, Asur Li Mikdash. According to this Medrash, the term Li suggests motive. Please, Hashem says, build a Mikdash for me, for my needs, for my interests. And therefore, the parsha begins, V'yikhu li, suggesting that this is a request of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, which we are fulfilling, as well as a manner of acquiring His presence. By acquiring the Torah, we almost force Him to reside within our midst and within the Mishkan. Of course, this very provocative medrash strikes an entirely new balance between Torah and Mikdash, between Torah and Avoda. It portrays the Mishkan in terms which far surpass a mere location for enabling sacrifice and ritual. But these, of course, are issues which lay well beyond the framework of this year. But this parable as well evokes Torah study as a tool to acquire, to enjoy the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, either at a personal level, as the Gemara in Tamil suggests, or at a national historical level, as the Medrash in Parshas Truma describes, by building the Mishkan collectively, we establish a national presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, affiliated with the Torah which he delivered. This view of Torah, of course, has accounted for its central uh, central value throughout Jewish history, even though Jewish history has witnessed the emergence of so many different forms of religion, forms of Avodah Hashem, and styles, and cultural differences. Classically, Talmud Torah was, also, was always placed as the central pivot. As the Rambam writes in Parak Shlishi, that very famous parak which I mentioned earlier, Ein lecha mitzvah, halacha gimel, b'chala mitzvah skulam, there is no mitzvah, shehishkula kineged talmatara. Ela talmatara kineged kala mitzvah skulam. Talmatara is equivalent to all the other mitzvahs in the Torah. As I alluded to in the previous year, Chasidus made an effort to try to, I won't say decentralize, but try to raise the significance and the value of other areas of religious performance. And to a degree, this process threatened at least to detract from the centrality of Talmud Torah, perhaps intentionally, perhaps unintentionally, at least in the beginning. The movement, of course, elicited much opposition. The opposition of the Vilna Gon was staunch and famous, one could claim famous or infamous, and the opposition was voiced very, very powerfully by the Vilna Gon's disciple, his star student, Reb Chaim Volazhin. Chaim Volazhin was the founder of the modern yeshiva movement. He founded the first yeshiva, the first modern yeshiva in the beginning of the 19th century, the yeshiva of Volazhin. But he's also known for having written a very famous sefer describing the value of Talmud Torah, the theological import of Talmud Torah, a sefer known as Nefesh HaChaim. Nefesh HaChaim, in the fourth section, known as Shar Dalad, issues some very, very powerful, and in some cases, strident statements about Talmud Torah. And there's no question that many of these statements were hurled at Chasidus, 
not just in an intellectual or um, or ideological sense, but in some manner even as a polemic to defeat some of the claims of Hasidus, which Reb Chaim felt threatened by. Reb Chaim quotes a very famous Gemara in Adarim, that if Torah study were to cease at a particular moment in time, the entire universe would collapse. The Gemara Nidarim, Lamed Beis, cites this Pasuk from Yermia, Perak Lamed Gimel, and interprets it as a reference to Torah, if not for my covenant. My covenant of Torah. The laws of nature, the laws of the cosmos, would not have been installed, and, according to Chaim Velazhina, would cease would cease to operate, would cease to cycle. Quotes a very famous phrase from Shir HaShirim, Shokav Amude Sheish. The, um, the, the legs, the hips of the earth are pillars of marble, which Chazal interpret as an allegory to Torah. Hence the Pasuk in Shir HaShirim describes the hips of the universe, the foundation of the universe, Talmud Torah. And of course, Reb Chaim Velazhina also quoted the Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos provides two images to describe Yerushalayim. Hopefully, Amir Tashem, this series of Shiurim will describe the various forms, various um, opportunities for Yerush Hashem. But the Gemara in Shabbos, Tavlamid Aleph, describes Yerush Hashem as an Otsar. Yiras Hashem hi Otsaro. The Gemara quotes the Pasuk in Yeshaya, Paraklam and Gimel, that Yiras is a silo. The continuation of the Gemara describes Yiras as a preservative, as a salt which preserves wheat. Reb Chaim claimed as follows Yiras is not the essence of religion, it's the container, it's the preservative. It will ensure that Torah study remains pure, sincere, as a worship of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, rather than as an experience for personal glory or for intellectual stimulation. But ultimately, Reb Chaim claimed, true dveikos, clinging to Hashem, interaction with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, can only be reached by Torah study. And in a very, very clear and blatant attack on Hasidus, Reb Chaim claimed that if a person disrupts his Torah study, even Torah study which may seem technical in nature, the laws of an animal which gores another animal, the laws of marriage, the laws, the very, very minute laws of korbanos, the laws of Tum of the Torah, an individual disrupts his involvement in that learning in order to consider his relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he has essentially reduced his level of dveikos walked further away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When he's studying Torah, he's encountering HaKadosh Baruch Hu through HaKadosh Baruch Hu's own revealed will. How dare he disrupt that encounter to consider HaKadosh Baruch Hu through his own human mind and his own human heart. As the Kutzker once said, when I daven, I speak to Hashem. When I learn, Hashem speaks to me. So the highest level of Dveikos, according to Chaim Velazhina, 
is studying Torah. Of course, your Hashemayim has to be conditioned, has to be striven for, has to be worked upon so that the Torah remains an essential part of religious experience rather than allowing it to be perverted or distorted for ulterior motive. Reb Chaim Volazhin at a practical level suggested that every period of Torah study should be prefaced by a few moments of Dveikos, of Yerashamayim, not of Dveikos of course, because Dveikos ultimately will be reached by Torah study, but of Yerashamayim and Musar and personal religious inspiration to set the framework for the ensuing Torah study, to create an environment, a set of expectations and mentality. But ultimately, true religious experience, the highest religious experience can only be achieved by full engagement in Torah study. Of course, this polemic between Rebchaim Velazhina and Hasidus set the stage for another interesting debate about the role of Torah study and the viability of introducing alternate means to generate Avodos Hashem, excellent Avodos Hashem. Of course, the Musar movement. The Musar movement did not question the ideal function of Torah study in granting a deep and intense encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Muslim movement questioned the ability of modern man, given the rapid and dramatic changes which modernity had visited upon the human condition, it questioned his continuing ability to draw Dveikos, religious meaning, solely from Torah study. Moshe Rabbeinu undoubtedly did not did not require any Musar Sefer. For his view and his experience of HaKadosh Baruch Hu was continuous, was lucid, was pure, as Chazal described, Aspaklari HaMeira, an unmediated encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Pe'al Pe'adabarbo. So for Moshe Rabbeinu, Torah had the unique capacity to convey that immediate relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the relationship itself served as his moral compass to create piety and humility, and to improve Moshe's moral personality. But Musar challenged the ability of modern man to continue to receive religious inspiration solely through the experience of Talmud Torah. And initially, the Musa movement itself met with much opposition. It was not immediately accepted by much of the yeshiva world. Today, of course, Musar is a staple in almost every yeshiva. There's a very famous meeting which took place between Reb Chaim Velazhin and Reb Naftali Amsterdam. Rizal Salanter, who was the patriarch of the modern Musar movement, had three Talmidim. Each of his Talmidim took Rizal Salanter's innovation and formulated his own brand of Musar. One Talmud was Rabbi Yitzchak Blazer. One Talmud was Rav Naftali Amsterdam. And the third Talmud was of Simchaz Yisrael Brody. In any event, Rabbi Yitzchak Blazer, the author of the Pachat Yitzchak, once encountered Rabbi Chaim Velazhina. And Rabbi Yitzchak Blazer tried to convince him of the importance of Musr study. So he quoted a Gemara in Brachos, Davhei, which challenges a person who feels threatened by the Eight Sahara to consider the Yetzir Tov, Yargiz Adam Yetzir Tov al Yetzir to try to um, to try to prioritize his good Yetzir, 
And if not, if he doesn't succeed initially, he should study Torah, Yasak Batara. If that fails, the Gemara says, he should read Kriya Shema. If that fails, he should consider his own mortality and the possibility of death, which hopefully will reintroduce moral sobriety. Yitzchak Blazer claimed that you see from this Gemara that Talmud Torah cannot be counted on as the sole tool to introduce moral clarity and religious success. The Gemara says, first think about your Yetzir Tov. If that fails, study Torah. If that fails, read Kriya Shema. And if that fails, consider the Yom HaMisla, consider your own death. Evidently, Torah study cannot be universally relied upon to protect the human experience of the human psyche from religious failure. Rabbi Chaim Velazhin responded with a Gemara in Kiddushin. The Gemara says, In Paga Macham if you feel the Yitzhahara beginning his attack, draw him into the base Medrash, begin Torah study, and presumably the encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which Torah study affords or mediates, will provide some sort of relief against the Yitzhahara. And both Rabbi Yitzchak Blazer and Chaim Velazhina took differing stands on the ability, not theoretically, but in the modern context of Torah study, to continue to create this undisturbed supreme dveikos, even without Yerashamayim in a frontal sense, studying Musar, discovering alternate tracks to achieve dveikos, to assist and to preserve the purity of Torah study. Reb Chaim statements in the Nefesh Achayim, of course, are harsh. It must be understood within the historical context. However, the spirit of these statements has fueled the modern yeshiva movement and has informed our own recipe, our own brand of Avodah Hashem. The centrality we place on Talmud Torah, the manner in which we invest, the recognition that orthodox religious behavior cannot be complete without some element of Torah study, the Gemara Brachos claims that for some it's more, for some it's less. But the Torah study serves as the central pivot, the central anchor of Avodah Hashem. This, as I mentioned earlier, is undeniable and has always, despite the various derivations, the various varieties of Avodah Hashem, of religious formula, Torah study has always served as the central pillar, as the Rambam writes, Ha'ikara Gadol, Shakal Taliba. You have been listening to Harav Moshe Tarragin, Shia on Essentials in Abodat Hashem. Today's Avachayumit, we're up to saying of Kedusha. In every Tfilah, whether it's Chazarat Hashat, in the third Bracha, the Bracha of Kedusha, of Akela Kadosh, we add the tefillah we call Kedusha. Kedusha consists of three psukim. Pasuk Kadosh, 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 which is found in Yeshayahu. Yeshayahu saw the angel saying Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Pasuk of Baruch Kvod Hashem in Komo, which is found in Yechezkel. Yechezkel heard the angel saying that pasuk. And the third pasuk, Yimloch Hashem Le'olam, Elokech Tzion Le'dor V'dor Halaluka. When we say Kedusha, there's also an introductory sentence, beginning the Kadesh Hashem Chavolam, on the Kvishcha, an introductory sentence. 
properly speaking, that sentence belongs to the Chazan. All things which are Davar Shabiktusha, like Ktusha, like Kaddish, like Baruch consist of a Chazan calling to the congregation to respond and to bless the name of God. The call of the Chazan for Ktusha is the saying of the Kadesh. The congregation responds by saying Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. The meaning has arisen and it's fairly universal as everybody says the Kadesh. But that should not obscure the original structure. Two, two distinctions, two uh, repercussions. One is the Chazan must say the Kadesh after the Tzibur has said it because he still has to call to them to respond. And therefore, even if, we all, even if the whole congregation says Nikadesh, the Chazan should wait till they say it and then he should say Nikadesh. And specifically, I think, not just the end, not just Kakatuv, but Nikadesh is the actual call. Let us, let us sanctify God's name. And therefore, he should wait till they all finish and say Nikadesh at Shemcha Bolamo, that they should hear him saying that to them. He's calling out to them. And then they respond by saying Kadosh. Another nafkamin, another uh, ramification, is that since properly speaking, the Kedushah is only Kadosh and Baruch, but not the Kadesh. Therefore, sometimes you have a place where you're in the middle of davening, and a place where you wouldn't be mafsik, but you are mafsik for Kedushah. For instance, if you're in the middle of the Kod Kriyachma, or Pesukah Zimra, uh, places where you're not allowed to interrupt, but to answer Kedushah, you are allowed to interrupt. So, you're allowed to interrupt those parts that you're supposed to say, like Kadosh, 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 and Baruch Shem Kvon Machuto, and Baruch Kvon Kvon excuse me, but not Nekadesh. So, if you're in a place like that, and the Tzibur comes up to Ktusha, let the Chazan say Nekadesh by himself, go back to the original Menachag, where the Tzibur did not say Nekadesh, and only answer Kadosh and Baruch. The Madana uh, Yom Tov says that the halacha we just mentioned now applies to the first two psukim, Kadosh and Baruch, but not to Yimloch. The reason being is that Kedushah is modeled on what the prophets heard the Malachim say before God, which is the Pasuk of Kadosh in Yeshayahu and Baruch in Yechezkel. The Pasuk of Yimloch was not said by the angels. We don't find any such description in Tanakh. And therefore, he claims, and many posts can quote the halacha, including Mishnah Bura, that it also is not properly a full-fledged part of, uh, of, of Kedusha, and in places where you don't want to be Matzik, you should say only the first two Pesukim, but not Yimloch. I'm not sure that that is correct. Uh, it really has no Makkah. The Gemara nowhere describes exactly what is said in, in Kedusha. It's true, you don't have a passion to Tanakh describing the angel saying it, but uh, its theme is essential Kedusha. Kedusha consists of praising God and, and, and declaring him to be king on everything. So again, Mishabur says not to say, for instance, another third case would be if you haven't finished davening. We have a common case. You're davening, the Chazan has already started saying Chazarat uh, Hashatz. So if you're in the middle of Shemun Esrei, you cannot answer. But if you've gotten to the end of Shemun Esrei, then you can. If you've finished the last Bacha, you say you will and then you can answer. But you also want to say Lokai Nitzo, you want to finish the extra part of Shwanesri. We'll get to that in in a few weeks. And and that's permissible to say Ktusha at that point, and then we turn and finish saying Lokai Nitzo to Otsa Shalom. Mr. Bur says only the first two Psukim, but don't say Yimloch in that place. I will disclose, to tell you the truth. 
I do say Yimloch. I think Yimloch is a is, is a full part of uh, of Kedusha. But I, I mentioned many poskim uh, have the opposite have the opposite opinion. Uh, one final point, since we're talking about the Chazan saying the Kadesh out loud, that people can hear it. Vasalvechik, uh, Zatzal, also Moshe Feinstein, both claimed that the Chazan should say Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh after the Tzibur finishes saying Kadosh, 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 and not together. I think in many, many shuls, he, you will hear him saying Kadosh together with them, and he'll only say out loud the last few words is the call for the next line, Lu'umatam Baruch Yomeru, or Dvorei Kotshecha Ketuv Leimor. But the actual Kadosh, the actual Baruch, the Chazan says quietly or together with the Tzibur. Moshe uh, Feinstein, the Rav, both said that the Chazan should say it out loud, which means also waiting and saying it out loud and separately and distinctly so that people can hear it. They said it for different reasons. Uh, the Rav of felt that the Vashu Bidusha is not only what I said, the Chazan calling and the Tzibur answering, we thought that the structure of the Rosh Pitushah is the Chazan calling, the Tzibur answering, and then the Chazan answering separately, which is what we do, for instance, in Baruch Hu. Chazan says, Baruch Hu. Tzibur answers, Baruch. And then the Chazan says, Baruch. That's based on a Suvya, a Rishonik Suvya, in Masechet Bachot. The Rosh the same thing here also. Chazan calls in the Kadesh, Tzibur says Kadosh, and then the Chazan says Kadosh. But Moshe Feinstein said the same thing, but for a different reasons. One more prosaic reason, he said the Chazan has an obligation to say it out loud. One, because it's part of Shemun and he's saying all the Shemun out loud. And two, is because he may have to be mostly somebody. If there's someone who can't answer, who's in the middle of Shemun so the Pesach of Shulchan is that he should listen and be mostly with the Chazan. But then the Chazan has to hear the Chazan. The Chazan has to say it out loud. And for that reason, the Moshe recommended the Chazan not swallowing his Kadosh together with the Tzibur's Kadosh but saying it separately out loud after the Tzibur has finished the same thing for Baruch Kvod Machuto Baruch Kvod Hashem in Komo second time I got confused Baruch Kvod Hashem in Komo and also for Yivloch and then he finishes the Bracha of HaTakadosh Baruch HaKev HaKadosh that's it for today. Tomorrow's shiur will be the first shiur in a new series which were given by myself on Agada and Halacha in Mesechet Brachot. We'll be taking a one or two statements of Chazal found in Mesechet Brachot about davening, having to do with tefillah in one way or another. Statements which are also Halacha, but also indicate or the basis for a better understanding of some aspect of uh, tefillah, we'll be discussing both the halacha and the philosophic and machshava uh, idea behind those very, very many statements of which Pesach Bachot is full. And that's all for today. You've been listening to KMTT, the Torah podcast, broadcast from Yeshivat Haritzion, here in Alonshot. And this has been Ezra Bek, wishing you call to Learn Torah every day. Tell your friends about KMTT. Spread the word. Ki mitzion teitzei Torah udvar Hashem miyerushalayim.